a wild heart tea of mud and lotus. Happen upon a pinch of poppy, dandelion and coriander seeds placed first between your lips to warm them. A thick dollop of cacao paste. An overflowing silver spoon of heavy-set honey. A drenching drizzle of something hard to grasp. The not-death of someone dear. All topped with impossible cherry blossom found by its exquisite scent under a covering of winter dawn. And just at the last moment, when you thought it was done, throw at the mix an unexpected offering of juniper berries. This is not a tea that can be stirred, so forget about trying to locate the sun or the moon to navigate by. But it is a tea that could be sung to, even if you cannot stir it. A coaxing kind of song, a lulling, luring enchantment of a song, a pied piper kind of song, a song that goes on for so long that it is not until its last echoes have faded that you realise it was never you that wove the spell at all. Scold the tea with barely enough too hot water to make it drinkable and serve it in a handmade clay Now make sure only your unwashed self drinks it and that you have covered yourself in every single blanket you can find until it is unclear if the weight is unbearable or anchoring. Let the tea fill your mouth and hold it there for as long as you can before it slowly begins to seep down your throat. Inhale a gulp of hope as a chaser. Now your body can be tricked into relaxing just a little. Now your mind can be cajoled into letting go its grip just a tiny bit. Let the weight of the tea prey upon you alongside the weight of the blankets that might be grounding or might be smothering. It's still unclear. Recall how that first mouthful of the tea tasted to you. Then take another mouthful. Then another, and another, and another in quick succession. Make sure not a single, unstirrable dollop of it is left. Use your fingers and toes to clean out the clay pot if you must, but do not leave a single bit. Always remember what that first mouthful tasted of, how it might have been different and begin to follow the trail of a story that this very first differently remembered taste might conjure to mind. As your eyelids droop, let the story that the tea manifests envelop you, hold you, carry you, open you to the medicines that are right there exactly for you. Calling out to the something unnameable that hides within your wild heart. What do you think might be there? What might 
be the beginning of your medicine trail. Where might you wander to? I've always been drawn to the lotus. The color, the opening, the hue of the petals, seeing this dramatic flower rise from seemingly nowhere. And then learning about the phrase, no mud, no lotus, seems simple. You have to go through trial or come from something in order to emerge beautiful, radiant, having risen above everything else, showing your splendor. But then what does that really mean? What does it really mean? No mud, no lotus. I see a lotus in front of me carved from rhodonite. I have lotus stitched on the jacket I'm wearing, hand embroidered in India. I have photos of Lotus. I have pondered a tattoo of one, but with showing the roots firmly in the mud, not just the beautiful bloom. But what does it all mean? No mud, no Lotus. Recently, I realized I'd been identifying with the mud more than the bloom that eventually emerges. Thinking that somehow it was safer to stay down in there, in the dark, rather than trying to bloom. Forgetting the seed of memory that wants to become something. And the mud has such a horrid reputation. We get mud on our shoes, the dog tracks in mud. It's something we tend to want to clean away or we think of it as a necessary evil to endure in order to grow. Forgetting that that's where the nutrients are. The Without the mud, without the dark, there's no time for the bloom to gather what it needs in order to become the bloom. There's no time for that seed to begin to ponder what it might emerge as. Unburdening helps this rise from the mud. I think, I think an unburdening what helps that rise, helps it to seem like the mud is there to serve a purpose. So many ways that I see this show up in my life, in the people around me, the things that I'm drawn to. And the idea that it's the stepping out, it's the taking of tentative steps one at a time, the trust that there's something on the other side of the mud, perhaps that can be taken in like the nourishment of the tea, like the honey to help with the something hard to grasp, the vision of of what's there if, if I dare to emerge.
other words come to mind. I, I make the path. Scenes from a movie that filter in and surround me like the tea as I move through my daily life. The importance of beauty and abundance, even in Hindu stories of Lakshmi, who sits on a lotus and brings abundance of all kinds, not just money, but beauty and health and relationships and food. Seeing abundance as something to be gained and savored, never to be ashamed of, that it's a good desire and something that everyone deserves. Maybe it's not even to be earned. Maybe it's just to be received. Maybe it's just for receiving. The draw for safety can be so strong to stay hidden and dark. I've been drawn to poems over the years that reflect that. Words of David White from a poem called Fire in the Song. It speaks of a dark presence that says, if you stay hidden, I'll keep you safe. And talks about the draw of that, the lure of what safety feels like. To be hidden in a way to the point that one's own voice is lost. And to then finally come face to face with the loss of voice and to not even recognize it when it begins to sing again. To emerge from the mud is perhaps the bravest work you can do. Does the lotus know it's going to be a lotus as it's emerging? Or is it just there gathering nutrients, taking the step one bit at a time, putting the roots down through the mud, beginning that slow, arduous climb up through it? till the green starts to emerge, sometimes even still underneath the water, and then pushing up through it and petals unfurling one at a time, first a beautiful, um, almost cone-shaped blossom, and then taking its own time for those petals to fully reveal what was actually there. To see a field of them, well, water field, um, Viewed near a temple in Hampi in India, near ruins of an ancient civilization, white blooms filling a pond, and just the sheer beauty of so many blooms having emerged, to be able to have one plucked and held in that space. And the, the moment of feeling that connection to history and then what it meant in the moment to actually see one in its, um, where, where you might expect to find one. And then to see the way that it pops up and takes different forms, kind of calling to me in different ways, wearing it feels like a certain way, holding a carved piece in my hand feels like a reminder. So many interests can come and go over the years and that Yet this one, this significance, has remained no mud, no lotus. And to remember also that perhaps even if the 
even after the fight through the mud, that beauty is there and it seems to appear with such ease. And isn't that okay? <laughs> to have to have beauty just be immediately there. Why does so much have to be about what we've fought through to achieve something? Not that hard work should be diminished or ignored, but what about beauty existing for the sake of beauty and enjoyment and a celebration and something that makes the heart sing or brings people together or commemorates a special moment? Beauty for the sake of beauty seems a gift and to take tentative steps away from the mud in spite of its nourishment into the idea that it's okay to want and it is okay to shine and it is okay to be beautiful, to bring beauty, to share it, to radiate it and to take a stand for it in a world that wants to stay in the mud, that there's something kind of terrifying about beauty and radiance and queenliness and an idea of embodying that beauty without showing the struggle. Not that the evidence of it isn't there, not that if you look closely, you don't see the lines of age or the even the marks on the heart, the way a tree can look beautiful without leaves or with, but to take a cross section, you see the rings and can see times that reflect how was life for that tree. It's there, but the beauty is what shines above everything. And it feels quite a marvel to have my own clay pot reflecting the moon to have with me on this journey in this in this tea and to think about how very special it is to have something made with another's hands reflecting nature a reminder that i reflect nature that we all do and that there are things things to do that don't have to be fully known and to revel in the feeling of a, of a weight of coziness, like the blankets that are surrounding me in this tea, wondering where I am in that balance of, am I a just right cozy or am I feeling the weight of my hiding? Am I feeling the weight of staying in the mud? Where am I and how do I know? How do I know when it's time for that seed to rupture? Because a rupture is needed to grow. I learned that from a teacher recently. You have to rupture and not fear the rupture, but to trust that there's something on the other side of it, something that will bring you through, something steadying, something known in the makeup that I know that there is something in me that wants to come forth, that wants to be seen that maybe instead of being something hard to grasp, does it have to be held at all, but just seen and experienced? So much learning, 
so many steps on this path of mine of 52 years that feels so many when I look at the number. And yet this year, it feels like I've taken none at all. Trying to remember and learn simultaneously. Sitting in the cozy blanket pile, which sometimes feels like a dingy mud pile, wondering if it's worth trying to climb out. But then a glance on a shelf and a carved altarpiece, a photo of my daughters holding lotus from the pond in Hompi when they were much younger than they are now. Bright smiles, radiant field of white behind them. And there it is shining just like they were shining. So it reminds me that shining is important and it is not frivolous and I should not fear it, but rather walk towards it to remember that I have value. And am I treating myself like somebody of value? Am I feeding myself in the way that I would a valued person? And to keep asking the question of the Lotus, what do you have to teach me? I've seen so many lessons, but I feel there are more because it is an image and a plant and a process that I never tire of. I always return to it. And when I forget, one might float across the page of my social media or I see it in a product that I didn't, that I already owned, that I didn't remember it being in there before, but there it is. I always find it when I need it, that image. The reminder, no mud, no lotus. So if I catch it when I'm in struggle, it's a reminder to keep going, to treat the struggle as the lesson and to maybe even reframe it as not so much a struggle, but as just the phase of growth that I'm in that is part of reaching beauty that happens again and again to picture myself rooted my own roots going deep into the mud, taking every bit of nourishment that I can from that mud while I have it. Because then as I'm growing and blooming, then I'm there drawing on what has already been. Thank you, T, for the reminder of decadent, heavy cacao paste and tea mixed with coriander and poppy and dandelion, things that have been medicine or brought sleep or added flavor. All necessary nourishment that bring beauty and the ability for the lotus to do what it must, which is to shine and inspire and be. Stay 
Stay for a time with these words. These words and your empty clay pot and the mound of blankets you are held beneath. Stay for a time so you can ingest the continuing resonance of the transmission that you have just been witness to. Stay long past the discomfort of being there and well into the days of your future remembering. Don't rush to clamour out again once the epiphany has landed upon you. Slowly, slowly, slowly unfurl yourself one layer at a time. Pause between each like the best pass the parcel game with bated breath and crossed digits. Notice where you are held fast and reluctant to stray far. Notice what you cannot wait to rush away from. Notice where you might stay for some time to come yet. Now it is up to you what to do with the clay pot. Heavy as it is now with the secrets you have unwittingly poured into it. But perhaps that can wait. Just for a little while longer. There are the dishes to wash and the dusting to be done after all. <laughs>